This is the Sports Divided Podcast. The Chicago Bulls have won their sixth NBA championship, and it's their second three-peat. Second two out, Palmero over the head of Jenks. Uribe charges, throws, out! And the White Sox have won the World Series. To the net, over. Patrick Kane has scored the goal. What a ride. The Cardinals are world champs in 2011. The Cubs win the World Series. They did it. It's over. The game is over. The series is over. The wait is over. And the St. Louis Blues are the Stanley Cup champions. Welcome back to Sports Invited. We are recording on June 7th, Game 3 of the NBA Finals. Um, We're just going to not talk NBA this week because Matt is not here, our resident NBA guy. Tonight, it's Dave Keith, and I'm your host, Rick. Um, And plus, this series probably won't actually mean anything until Game 5 anyways, so they'll probably be going 2-2 back to Denver in a week from now since they take off two days in between every game anyways. So we'll open up with this. Um, right now in the world of sports, is there a bigger scumbag than Jay Monahan of the PGA Tour? Uh, in the world of sports or just in the world? <laughs> well, I was trying to be nice with the world of sports, but it yeah. might be, might very well be the world right now too. Yeah, yeah. Short of uh, Vladimir Putin, uh, yeah, he's probably he's probably number two. So, uh, yeah. For anybody that doesn't know, uh, it broke yesterday morning at like 8.30 in the morning, uh, randomly through CNBC that Live Golf, the uh, Saudi-backed golf association, that that's all Jay Monahan and the PGA would talk about was 9-11 and the Saudis, uh, decided to merge or decided that the PGA would accept them uh, and merge into one new entity. Um, so, yeah. Uh, to be run by who? Well, the CEO will be. Uh, I'm not well, the, gonna, Saudi, the Saudis will run it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even going to try to pronounce it. The, it's the president. So Greg Norman is out. It's going to be Jay Monahan and the CFO slash CEO of the live golf tournament and the president wow. of the live golf tournament. Oh, the guy with the wallet. There yeah. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. those two, uh, but it came out today or yesterday, yesterday when Javon Ham is on CNBC uh, that they had been working on this for about seven weeks and only three people in the PGA knew that this was happening. No players were notified on either side. Um, and one, they let CNBC break it instead of a golf correspondent, mm-hmm. which doesn't make sense. And two, how much do some of these guys that turn down money, like Roy McElroy, Tiger Woods, all these guys, and then were handed probably a couple extra dollars to speak highly of the PGA and bash these guys that went to live, are now regretting this like – I could have just sat out one year and dealt with the BS and got another 200 to $500 million or in Tiger's case, a billion dollars mm-hmm. to go do this and 
come right back to where I'm at. Yeah. Yeah. There's just so much wrong with it uh, on so many levels that, uh, you know, it makes you wonder uh, with no notice to the players, probably wouldn't do this, but is there any thought among them to basically boycott, you know, or, or to, uh, you know, say, sorry, we can't do this. Apparently there's a thought or a, a rumor out there that there are uh, players and individuals interested in maybe starting a union. So dropping their contractor title as PGA players and maybe unionizing and having a PGA players association and mm-hmm. for things like this, I'm guessing. Um, One, you got to look at your structure and figure out how did you set up a management structure that allowed enough power for Monaghan to be able to do this without talking to a soul. Yeah. That's a problem at that point. Yeah. No tricks and balances. That is exactly why unions exist, (laughs) you know, for for reason, you know, situations like like this. Um, Boy, I don't know. It just feels so bad and just, it it just taints the... uh, uh, you know, the PGA and the whole new entity. So, uh, so bad. Uh, what's it going to be called? Are they, they gonna, have not, gonna be- they haven't said anything of a, a, a new name is all they've kind of like, they didn't say anything. Hint at anything. Tiger Woods. And although I don't like the guy and stuff, but he's, he's very vocal today and stuff like that. Jack Nicholas, number of people I have been going, we're going to be you know, much like the AFL football league back in the day. Yeah. You're starting to leave. I mean, the guys can't quit because this is their livelihood. I mean, especially the guys that are ranked 100 through 500. I mean, yeah, this is how they put food on the table. Yeah. Well, so the thought process of why this actually ended up happening, there's three talking points that have been brought up by people. One of them is complete garbage when it came out of Jay uh, Jay Monahan's mouth because he was bashing the players that used this exact same wordage when they went like Phil Mickelson, Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kapka that they're gro- going over there to help grow the game globally. Well, that mm-hmm. was something that Jay Monahan said was a reason for doing it. Um, yeah. That, or I should say that was the reason he said for doing it. There's a, two other reasons that are highly speculated. One of those reasons is Live Golf was fully backed by these is fully backed by the Saudi government, meaning they have trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars that they can just spit into right. whatever funds they need to to keep the PGA draining in legal fees and legal matters. Yeah. And well, then the getting raised a barrel uh, oil, 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 ten, ten bucks. There you go. <laughs> and the third reason is the thought is that the PGA actually has a lot. And I mean, a lot like 93%, I think was the number I heard of their sponsors that somewhere down the line have P I F money, which is Saudi backed money anyways, coming into their companies. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of different, uh, they got a lot of pressure from their, uh, sponsors. Well, just reasons. Too. So, that's another reason why there probably would never be another league because you can't go get these sponsors because they if you're really going to be hard and fast against the Saudi money. Yeah. 
Yeah, but, you say you got to follow them. If you follow the money trail, you'll find the reasons. Man, I like yeah. yeah. <laughs> that that is uh 100% the case. Um and then one of the a guy I listened to for 10 hours or not 10 hours, 4 hours a day. He he hosts two different shows, one for 3 hours and one for an hour here. Um Tim McKernan was kind of talking and brought up this point. Could this have all just been a giant long play by the Saudi government? Knowing that, knowing, hey, if we, if we start this, they're going to, and we, we're going to have guys that come over. The PGA is going to sue them. We can then counter sue for other stuff, get them tied up in legal action and just drain them. And then what the end goal is, is what just happened. Oh, now they have a seat at the table at professional sports in America. They have yeah, it in the EPL in England and the English mm-hmm. Premier League. Is this their foot in now to where they can get guys to purchase? I don't know. The Arizona Coyotes who are floundering. Right. That different, different things like that. Right. Well, and, and, you know, you make such offers that, uh, you know, for these leagues and, and the current owners, uh, they just, because it's all about money, like Dave said, uh, they're, they're not going to turn them down. And, and the offers are going to be so crazy that, you know, there won't be anybody else in the country or elsewhere in the world to uh, uh, make a counter or to be even competitive. And so, and, I was gonna yeah. say, and, and who, who would realistically, morally, yes, people, some people would, but Who's going to turn it down if it raises every player's salary in the league by $3 million and it raises revenue for every team by a bill or something? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, if I'm going for number 265 and I made 120 grand last year, but I spent 50 grand traveling the country to go make the 120 grand, and, so, and now that I'm going to make 300 yeah. or 400, I'm not going to vote against it yeah. at that point. Yeah, I'm you're not just going to go along. About, I'm not even talking about just golf, though. Oh, yeah. All, yeah, it's crazy. Well, well, yeah. NHL minimum salaries went from 690000 to 2.7 mil because some Saudi came in and bought a team. You know what I mean? Like, I, all the yeah. team ownerships, you, you know, everybody's familiar with who the most of the people are at the top. There's always 20 or 30 percent of that ownership that is in the shadows someplace mm-hmm. it's in shadow corporations or the ABC nuts or you know, and then you have to figure out who's behind that. If they if the Saudis really play this this well, I wouldn't be surprised to find them with minority ownerships already in some of the other professional sports. Just waiting to see how does this go? How does it play out? You know, do we think of everything? Well, and then the other thing is, is who actually is the biggest loser in this entire thing is two people. Roy McElroy, who's been yeah. looks like he aged about 25 years in this year and a half having mm. to deal with live every single day. And then Greg Norman. Because yeah. there have been two ideas now that Greg Norman has come up with that have been stolen by the PGA and he has not gotten a job in the PGA. He actually was the first person to come up with what they now do with the uh, world golf challenge tournaments where it's head to head for seven days or whatever. 
and out of pods and stuff. He originally came up with that idea. He didn't call it the World Golf Challenge. The PGA said, oh, no, we're going to pass on that. And then did the exact model and just named it something else outside of the United States. <laughs> so. Yeah, and then this, and so now, uh, thank, <laughs> thanks, thanks for your service. Uh, thanks for thanks ya. for working hard on the back end to give us stuff that we know now works. Yeah. So we're just going to take it. Well, they had yeah. a little insult to injury. If it was it three weeks ago that Magnolia got fined three million dollars for not playing in a tournament? Maybe I don't know. I haven't paid attention. I know about, he's three, about three weeks ago because he had he had a contractor. He had to appear in X number of the lesser tournaments. They have. They all do. Yeah, designate. And, he, and he missed one. Elevated. He missed one because he said he needed the time off. Like that. He's been sucking lately. So and they and they find him three three million bucks. Well, the only reason he was getting questioned today and yesterday was because, unfortunately, he won the RBC Open up in Toronto last year. So he's got to come back and play this year because it's the new rule, meaning he was front and center when he was the only name possible. The rest of the field is like golfers 45 through like 110. It's nobody but Rory up there right now. So, well, I think back to what you were saying, you know, that, uh, you know, everybody, the, the Saudis knew how this was going to play out. Um, it, it makes you wonder when they were courting the players, the PGA players, you know, did they tell them? Uh, now, I don't know, maybe they couldn't guarantee anything. They said, look, you know, it's going to be, uh, difficult for a while. You're going to have to ride out the storm, but hang on, we'll figure it out. For the reasons you mentioned, you know, uh, stringing it out legally and knowing the PGA, PGA has some deep pockets, but they don't have uh, bottomless pockets yeah. like the Saudis do, you know. And then, because my question uh, when all this started was, why, if you're a, a PGA uh, player, why would you want to go to that league, even though you're going to make more money? Uh, because nobody's going to watch you, and you know, what do you mean? Guys... People, people love the CW. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And and so you know they're not going to as as much as they enjoy the money. They also like being in the spotlight. You know, I mean, it's it's oh. about ego, and and you're not going to with the live. You know, you're not going to be on TV. Nobody's going to even if you are. Nobody's going to be watching. So they they had to have at least uh some you know uh, assurances a couple of them that... maybe a couple of them maybe but i think there's a couple guys dustin johnson i think just said i've done everything i needed to do in this game mm-hmm. i'll just take the money and live out my life the way i want to live and play a couple rounds of golf i think brooks kepka took the money because he never knew if his back was going to heal and he was ever going to mm-hmm. come back and yeah. be the guy the rest of them yeah I, I, there has to be otherwise what was the you know, like Kevin Na, why are you? I mean, I guess you're making more in one year than you made in your entire living career mm-hmm. in the PGA, but like at 30 mil. But like, like Phil had to have had something. Like Hendrick Stenson had to have known something. Like Ian Poulter had to have known something because he was giving up his the thing he loves the most, most, which is the Ryder Cup, to go do this. Like, yeah, maybe some insider trading was going on. That's about. That's about the probably the best way to uh, describe it. Um, but we'll move on. Hey fans, I know you like what you hear, so do us a favor: hit that plus button and subscribe to our podcast. 
We're available anywhere podcasts are found. You can also support us by following us on Twitter and Instagram with the handles Sports Divided. We'll move on to the NHL, the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, have, after two games, Vegas leads two nothing. Um, game three tomorrow. Huh. Game three is tomorrow in Sunrise. What were you saying, Dave? We all look good in our predictions. Well, I mean, when, <laughs> right now, when power plays are eleven to seven, and three of Florida's seven power plays have come in the final three minutes of two of the games. The NHL could do a better job of hiding who they want to win the Stanley Cup. That is <laughs> thought process on this. There's there's a couple plays, especially in game two. Matthew Kuchuk drew about five penalties and not a single one was called. Uh the one being he got cross-checked in the back by uh McNabb right into the net, got up, and then Aiden Hill took a two-hand whack at him right in front of Chris Rooney. No call. Yeah. Uh, Eichel toe picks and Matthew Kachuk absolutely levels him. And Kachuk gets jumped by Barbashev and Petro. And then all of a sudden, Petro gets a, a two. They give Barkov a two who helped out Kachuk. And then Kachuk and Barbashev both get two and tens. And then Kachuk gets another 10 for another scrum after the whistle. So Matthew Kachuk has been handed three 10 men misconduct so far this playoffs and it's just I don't know it's frustrating to watch because you're sitting there like if that ticky tack call is going one way and then this is absolutely getting his leg hacked off by the goal yeah Yeah, what's going on you know just I don't know and Florida I mean it's that rest over rust debate that goes on. Yeah, I mean, because they were off for 10 days, right? Yeah, Vegas, was off, yeah. Vegas was off for five, six, I think. Six or seven, maybe. But Or no, Vegas closed on Memorial Day. And they started on Saturday. So, yeah, six days, five days. And Florida was off. Yeah, they swept and Vegas went to six. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's just it's one of those things that, like, the series is they always say this it's not a true series until you lose on home ice. So tomorrow's gonna be or you're not in trouble in a series, I should say, until you lose on home ice. So tomorrow will be a test for Florida. Um well they've had a history in this uh in the in the playoff season here of uh, bouncing back. Yeah. yeah. I was gonna say down they're down three one to Boston, came back and mm-hmm. won that series. So and not only down three one and to Boston in game six, they were down like four one in the game, and then five two in the game, mm-hmm. and came back and won that game. Um, but as a as a note from actually watching, Florida's got to do a better job of not getting in front of Bobrovsky's eyes. Their guys are like they're trying to block shots and they don't block them, and by the time it gets by their guy, Bob's well, got no chance. The first two goals of that game, he never saw either one of them. Neither the third one, same thing. Well, it was, I mean, the, the first thing you knew was the goal was because of light. Was going yeah. Out. You know, that's, but yeah. Um, on another note in the NHL, 
Some sad news in St. Louis, I guess you would say happy news in Chicago. Uh, Darren Pang is leaving the St. Louis broadcast and joining the uh, Chicago Blackhawks TV broadcast. Bally okay, Sports. Yeah. Bally Sports could not afford his contract, aka yeah. they're using the whole stuff they're doing with baseball. They're going to start doing it to other teams and other sports now too. Well, I heard this. I heard they were letting Shelley else go too. Yeah, Shelley's gone. From and your guys? From you guys? No, from the the national from the oh NBC ESPN. Party. Yeah, he's been he's been told he, they will not renew him, and they told him the, the reason was money. By the way. I mean, ESPN needs to not renew anybody that does their stuff right now because they are so like they still run it like it's 1997's pregame show. Yeah. Like, look at what TNT does. They have Wayne Gretzky and Paul Bissonette, the greatest hockey player ever, and probably one of the greatest NHL personalities ever running these two things. And then they get Henrik Lundqvist and Anson Carter. And then they took everybody from NBC, like ESPN, wake, wake up. You guys, you brought back the exact same team that you had for the most part, minus PK Subban in your studio stuff that you had in 2004 when the lockout happened and you lost the rights because you didn't renew them. Like you go to, you go to watch a game, you go to watch an Eastern conference. Were they doing the Eastern conference? No, they were doing the West. You go to watch a Western conference final for them. And their pregame show is five minutes. There's nothing on. It's on ABC, and there's nothing on in front of it, yeah. Except for national programming, or whatever on ESPN. And it's like you don't do that for basketball. You don't do that for Monday, a regular season Monday night football game. Why are you doing? And then you want to complain that viewership is down? Well, because you have it on Hulu Live Plus and ESPN Plus and ESPN, and you don't do anything until the game starts. Like. Hey, you know, uh, people no reason to watch. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> yeah, they said Shelly Ellis is probably going to join the the Blackhawks home staff, but not full-time. That is a full-time guy, but part-time, and they want to see the interactions with his daughter. They think that'll sell. Some of the stuff. But she's not bad. She's all right. Stuff. So it's, uh, yeah, he was, a, he was the first shoe, I think, that dropped there. The pain thing I hadn't heard, that's good news. That came out today, yeah. I mean, there's there's some other thinking, I think, behind it, too, is like Bally's, I guess, in their in the contract negotiations told him he couldn't do anything with TNT anymore, and he's like, no, I like to do the national stuff, too. Well, Chicago just dealt with that all with Olchuk, and now with Keith Jones leaving TNT's broadcast after the year to become the president of the Philadelphia Flyers, that opens up the on-the-bench job with their top team with Kenny Kenny Albers and Keith or and uh, Eddie Olchuk to do what Pang does anyways. So I wouldn't be surprised if Pang does a lot more national games and he's doing some Blackhawks games and then you have a lot of Patrick Sharp and Jamal Mayers and whoever else they use. It's amazing how many ex-Blackhawks are involved here. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and that, that, except for Sharp, not necessarily the the popular one. I mean, Jamal Myers and stuff like that. And hey, I mean, a lot of people, you know, a lot most people surely don't know who Darren Pang is. I think so. I think Sharp or not Sharp. I think Jamal Myers does it. Uh, I think he's trying to get into the national level more because he'll do occasionally like 
if Bernie's out and Pang's out, he won't do in between the glass, but he'll be in the studio for the Blues games too. Like he hops between Blues and Hawks. Mm-hmm. But it's gonna be what's gonna be interesting is that he, he played. For, I can't remember how many teams he played for. I think like Hawks, six, so, six or seven. Yeah, so he, he quite a number. He's when been he was on the announcing team here in house. He made a lot of people very uncomfortable. He's very, he's very outspoken. You know about the things that I, that's why I liked him when he was here, but he would. Uh, well, we sucked that period. You know, our, our top four defensemen. I don't know what they're doing out there, but some. And that was uh, it. Was good to hear because he'd call it what it was. Yeah, I. I mean, he spent a while here in St. Louis. He was. Yeah, I knew he played for the Blues too, and I, I knew. Trying the to think, I think he was here from. 98 to like 2005, 2006, something like that. Maybe even a little longer. Um, Let's see. So in Jamal Mayers' NHL career, he's also played Western Michigan graduate, which or college. Which, no, they're the uh, Broncos. Central Michigan That's is Chip. Central is Chip was. Yeah, so he was a blue from 96 to 08 is when they traded him to Toronto. Then he spent two years in Toronto, one in Calgary, one in San Jose, and then two with the Hawks. So his NHL career technically spanned from 96 to uh, 2013. Well, the Blues would be smart to block him up and because, you know, otherwise, I don't know who, who comes to mind. Jamie, uh, Jamie Rivers. Yeah, Jam- Jamie Rivers. The other, um, the other thought is maybe they uh, – find somebody new for radio and move Joe Vitale over mm-hmm. who does their radio broadcast with Kerber. That's, yeah. that's the two like buzz names that are, I mean, rivers already was filling in when Peng was, was gone a lot. Um, but I don't know. It's, uh, it's going to be weird. It's the first time in uh, 14 years, I think, maybe 15 years that Peng was not a part of the broadcast here in St. Louis. Yeah, I like him. He, he's good. He, he really is. He's, he's fun. He's, um, yeah. And, you know, especially with, <laughs> paired with uh, John Kelly, who's about as, uh, I mean, folks, it's a sport. You know, John Kelly it treats this like, uh, uh, it's like, Dude, chill out, man. Have some fun. He, yeah, he's just a little he's bit very, too very dry. Yeah, very dry and serious. <clears throat> and hey, he's got probably one of the worst exciting calls in all of sports. Oh, thank like, you, like, thank you, thank. Get something yeah. better than just saying thank you three times. Like, yeah, like it's just it's not not great, not great. I've missed the old babies from Ken Wilson. Yeah. Oh, well, he's not his dad, and he's not Pat Foley. That's for sure. Um, anything else NHL wise that you guys would want to talk about? I know there's not much going. Oh, well, I guess there's a big trade yesterday that might open up the market for the off season. But it's a three team deal between the uh, Flyers, Blue Jackets, and uh, Kings. But nothing more than just moving salary around for guys, so if the Kings could sign Gabrikov as a D man and. That was about and Philly moved the defenseman that they had been trying to move in Proveroff for about two years. 
it gives me hope that maybe, just maybe, the Blues can get out of Tory Krug with a first round pick going the other way. But that would be we sweet. Shall, we shall see. We um, got three of them, right? So, yeah. Um. All right. Hey guys, want to keep up to date on all your sporting news? Head on over to our new website, sportsdividedsn.com, and sign up for our emails. You'll get emails anytime there's new content created and posted on our website. We're looking to be your sports news provider. We promise to give you our best content about the teams you and we care about the most. Again, the website is sportsdividedsn.com. Go on over and check us out. Let's move on to the MLB. Oh, God. Oh, just a second. Um, oh, oh, you know, no, I do have one. You know, hang on just a second. I'm going to put this bag on my head. <laughs> yeah, your, your percentage points are gone. Somehow you've managed to lose more than us, which I started yeah. to believe. Well, when you get swept by the Pittsburgh Pirates in Pittsburgh, yeah. and it's not even close. Hang on, I won't have any eyes, but uh, well, maybe that's good, you know, because I won't be able to see the uh, Cardinals play. There so. we go. <laughs> All right, the new Cardinal fan. <laughs> um, <laughs> but really, though, like. Uh, Dave, how did you do? How do you do this as a Cubs fan? How do you do this? Yeah. Well, here's here's what the difference is. I guess it's harder to, if you listen to Cubs fans today. It's much harder now, not just because they won the World Series in '16, but it's harder because you actually have management that can produce a winner if they want to lead a minor league team for many years. You had owners like the Chicago Tribune and some of the other people. You you went into the season with no hope. I mean, so you you basically went into the season, throw your ass off at Wrigley in April. By May, you were you were looking to make some trades, and and by June you were looking at the Bears. I mean, that's that's kind of how that went. It's harder. It's much harder now when there are reasons. I mean, I look at stuff and. They should have a better record than what they have. Maybe, you know, no, no better than five hundred. But I mean, it's uh, they should be have a better record than what they have. You know, run differential, some of the players that you know years are having stuff, but it's just not meshing on the right days. You've got you know veterans who didn't who didn't produce. You've you got, I mean, you your big free agent pitching signing. He's got one win. Uh, I mean, it's you just you keep waiting for the corner to turn, and every week it did. Just when you think you might have turned it, you get slapped in the face. It's just you know, now of all things, the last three four games, defense has been questionable. Which is, if that goes, God help us. I mean, I I don't know what the hell we're gonna do. You know, and then to hear them talking about moving Strowman potentially. That's. I don't think the fan base is going to sit for it this time. I. Well, apparently that's because 
the rumor out there is he's already told them he would uh, will not be opting in. It's either pay me a lot more money for five more years or move me. Well, and, and, and if you're if you're second in the National League in pitching right now and everything else, and got what ten or eleven uh, <clears throat> quality starts, I'd be saying the same thing. And yeah, they mm-hmm. should be looking at him. You know, right now he brings more than just a pitcher. I mean, you either like Stroman or you don't. I mean, he's his personality. I, I like the guy because we've got a lot of guys on this team that are like watching paint dry. I mean, yeah. they're just they're not personality. Swanson's yeah. good. Um, half of you to get him in front of a microphone is, is pretty good. Um, and some, yeah. And Nico Horner is actually a pretty good uh, interview. After that, these guys are they are boring. I mean, yeah, they they're are, boring. They're they're not memorable. They're not recognizable. They're not. What do you mean, Patrick yeah. Wisdom? Well, there's there's a, per, there's a perfect example. You know, Trey Mancini's nothing <laughs> different than him. Suzuki doesn't talk to anybody. Yeah, he does. Talks. He was just saw him the other day. He was. Spent 35 minutes in the outfield standing there with Shohei Otani. Yeah. He's having, <laughs> and, and, and the sad thing is Suzuki's having a, especially considering the way he started after the injury, Suzuki's having a very good year. I mean, he's up in the 290s again now. And so everything has come around, power stats a little bit and stuff like that. So it, it doesn't add up. They, they need to make some moves. They need to take a couple of these guys who are at the top end of their minor league system. And either put it, give them a position, put them in it, and live with it because it, you're not going to be any worse than you are right now. Or trade a few of these guys and a few other packets of things. Do something. You know, that's why the build isn't going to stop. It, it, hopefully, it doesn't end up like the White Sox build that's now five years in, you know, and it's going the other way. You know, you know that for the most part, they, you know, you're either committed to this or you're not, but taking a step back this year. It's not going to fly. It's it's not going to sell at all. That's the answer to how do you how do you put up with this? No, I what I meant by that was how do you put up with the fact of watching your team find a new way to lose every single game? Because that is what the Cardinals are doing this past week and a half. The two well, weeks. I've, been, I've, been, I've been watching some of them behind us, and that way it was, I stopped watching them because I I mean Cardinals have what the most losses in the National League. Well, that's also because. Oh yeah, <laughs> this is game. This is game sixty-three. No other team is like every other team. This would have been the White Sox sixty-second game, but it was canceled. They've played two more games. Like this, I don't understand how. Like there are teams that haven't even played fifty-eight games yet, and the Cardinals are on sixty-three. Like so, that's part of the reason. Two is yeah, they. And I'll give you a little bit of that, but that doesn't make up for thirty-seven losses. Well, the only thing I'd say about that saying, too, though, I'm, is. The only thing I'd say about that uh, too is <laughs> that uh, good because uh, the the, uh, the quicker they get this done, the the, the sooner the season's over. So, uh, <laughs> well, what no, they- what I what I meant by the the reason why I was saying that is like that everybody loves to throw out the stat of oh, 37 losses. Well, yeah, the Nationals have 35 or 36, whatever it is, and the Rockies have the same number, but like they've played five less, four less games. Like they might be at 37 if they had at 60 you know what i mean like, like even, I, even whether they have 35 or 37 or you have 37 or 35 yeah. you go, go by you winning are. percentage i mean the, well, the, the, yeah 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 i mean you know the cardinals have the third worst record in all of baseball and i i'm guessing um what the oh, second oh, it, it, Kansas City. <laughs> part, yeah and it and no it is the worst percentage wise it is the worst record in the national league right that, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah yes yeah yeah the white Sox move by you 
<clears throat> White Sox moved by the Cubs too. Yeah, they did. Yeah, I think so. The in the National League, um, the let's see, let me go back to it. I just had it pulled up, and then the computer froze, and I had to close down the uh, Google, the old Google Internet Chrome that I had up. Um, the worst winning percentage in the American League. If you take out if you take out those two teams that are below 300 mm-hmm. <laughs> um, is the White Sox at 435 and then the so where they are because I think they played three series against Kansas City I'm not mistaken no they've only played two two yeah um and then yeah the Rockies have are at 419 the Nationals are at 450 or 417 Cardinals at 403. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, like I said, I guess the Rockies, so the Rockies have one more win than us. The nationals have the exact same amount of wins and two less losses, but no, like, it's like, like I just for fun, I go through like, cause you see all these people that love to write for clickbait, the, the tweets or the articles about first team to 35 losses to St. Louis. Cause it's the first time they can drag the Cardinals through the mud and since 2000 and whatever, 19, actually 95. We're used to the bashing and starting to, you know, supposedly your number one sports writer in Chicago is Gordon Wittenmeyer, who has a hatred for the Chicago Tribune uh, that's unbelievable. Even the Tribune has no cups in 20 years. He's still bashing the crap out of the cups. <laughs> the whole, all of the, I mean, he, he's not even close to it. It, it's like having a foreign correspondent covering the Cubs. I mean, it's <laughs> it's just horrible. I but mean, no, so miserable. what I was saying though is like from game forty-eight for for the Cubs, um, on until they until what day was it? It was Saturday is when they won the last game when they beat the Padres, um. Every time the mile marker of the exact same number of games hit, they had the same, like at game 50, they had the same record as the Cardinals had at game 50, but the Cardinals had played whatever more. So like I it's the clickbait warriors are absolutely hilarious when it comes from like the national writers of like, Oh, this it's like, okay. You like use your little bit more of a head than just writing a headline of whatever you, whatever you want to write, because it's, you know, First time. Like they're writing all these articles of, oh, the Cardinals are looking to move Paul Goldschmidt. It's like, no, he, one, he's got a no trade clause. Two, they're not going to move him because I've seen those a couple of those. They like, got that Chicago writers in there, and, and those anyway. But it's just like no way Goldschmidt's going anywhere. I mean, well, like real realistically, you have one fl- whatever this year. They bring back ha- more than half this roster next year. You're going to be still saying, sitting there saying, like, as long as they play like the back of their baseball card, they're top two team in the division. You know what I mean? Like, they're not going to move Goldschmidt. They just need no. to figure out, you know, like. No, they're they're not. Uh, they're, there's something incredibly wrong with this team. Uh, and like, Rick, you, you and I were talking before we started. Uh, but it, it, it's you just can't explain it because they have too many good players with a lot of experience, uh, good track records, uh, history, 
Um, you know, the pitching is, is obviously not good, but, you know, you do have some pieces there that, uh, you know, that would be okay. So it's not like, yeah, they're not going to do a teardown and you certainly don't want to get rid of Arenado and Goldschmidt. And you know, we, even if they would agree, uh, I mean, they, they got to be building blocks for whatever it is you're going to do. Um, yeah. And well, like, Arenado just opted into a contract. What do you th- what do you think he's going to say if you say, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna flip Paul Goldschmidt"? Yeah, yeah, no, that's just no, not. It's one that's not how the Cardinals operate. No, they they are re- very reluctant to sell. They would rather let Goldschmidt play out his two years and let him walk than move well, him. Because... You got to admit, you're in territory you're not used to. That's no. that's why all these are. That's what I'm saying. It's because now these national beat writers can bash an organization that they haven't been able to bash. We mean Keith are talking about it. the last time the Cardinals had this low of a win total after 60 games was 1995 and they fired Joe Torrey. Like because they can finally bash an organization, which don't get me wrong. The front office deserves to be bashed. Some of these players and the way that stuff happens probably deserves to be bashed, but like, the roster construction making up stuff to bash them is 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 the part that I'm just like this it's tiresome. I mean for me looking from outside in and stuff like that is what I usually expect to come out of St. Louis and hasn't. The biggest thing I saw was management who did not address who knew what the problems were in spring training, knew they were all off season, and yet really didn't address it. And that was that was surprising me. So didn't even take flyers on some other people. You know, like a, you look at the Cubs, you look at the Drew Smiley. He's one of those guys that's just going to show up on a team every now and then. He's going to have a couple of good years. His arm's going to hurt. He'll be after a couple more years. He'll come back and he'll be okay again. But usually those guys, the Drew Smiley's of the world, in my world baseball world, usually end up on the Cardinals, not on the Cubs. Now, and you, you kind of let it go. You know, and you know, whatever you know, whatever reasons are behind it. I mean, obviously, you moved on from Flaherty to some extent. You know, that's basically. No, he's he's the best pitcher. His him and Michaelis have since the month of May have sub two ERAs. I am starters. I take Flaherty in a heartbeat. All right? But yeah, but what I'm saying is the Cardinals don't seem to be as interested as Davis. Okay, in Flaherty. Michael, oh, yeah. no, I think they were. That's the issue. Is they were hoping, like they, their thinking was, Flaherty's going to come back, bounce back, have a good year. Michaelis is going to be Michaelis. Wayno's going to get us ten to fifteen wins. <laughs> Montgomery's going to be okay, and then we, what, like I think th- their thinking was, we'll be okay in the division until we need to make a move near the deadline. I think well, that's that what so that was what. Yeah, thinking. and and I agree. I think they they thought, you know what. Uh, yeah, not great, you know, but we can stay afloat until, uh, you know, the time uh, we need to make a deal. Uh, but but the issue, uh, well, that's the deal. It's not an issue. It's issues. Um, it's really it's, pitching as well as starting pitching. Is that yeah. The, yeah. Is that well, like, like Rick was saying, um, you know, every game, it's a different issue. And uh, whether it's uh, you know, defense, starting pitching, relief pitching, not getting clutch hits, not getting any hits. Uh, running the bases, uh, you know, ba- uh, mistakes on the bases. And so um, it's not like you can point to one thing and say, 
that's it um, because they've just been so inconsistent, uh, you know, across the board, which gets me back to, and Rick has his theory here or his, his order of um, his, his firing line, let's call it. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, you know, I, I think you got to make a change just because sometimes you got to make a change and, and my change would be get rid of Marmol. Um, and I think, like I said, a few weeks ago, I'd, I'd bring in uh, Yachty unless Yachty wants to, uh, you know, his plan is to completely take the year off, you know, and then next year, maybe do something. Maybe that's in the works, who knows, but uh, you know, Mar somebody's got to, somebody's got to be the scapegoat. <clears throat> well, yeah. I, so like you said, it, it like the team has worse defense with relatively the same players, and it's not because of the shift. That's not why. Either. Like, I don't know. They're making more bonehead errors than like whatever you want to call them, like yeah. inability errors type of thing. Um. We, Monday they lost. They don't know if they're going to win, but no one there now. Bases loaded, hits a double off the wall, or not bases loaded. Maybe a second and third, or whatever. No, it was bases loaded. Um, and they only score two runs, and Arenado sliding into third because Tommy Edmond somehow caught Nolan Gorman because Nolan Gorman was waiting to see if the ball was caught. It wasn't. Tommy Edmond and Nolan Gorman were three steps <laughs> away from each other. Tommy Edmond would have scored easy because Nolan Gorman scored easy. And he stopped and went back to third. Nolan Arenado sliding in. There's your second out because you have three guys, two guys standing there. And then the next Contreras like lines out the next, next at bat. And you're all and that's over. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. It wasn't the bases loaded because it was the bases loaded with nobody out. Goldschmidt got a sack fly. Then there's so second and first and second with one out when Arenado hit the ball off the wall. And then, the circus happened, of running, mm. you know, and it's like, well, you only got the only tied the game instead of being up one. And then you go through the bottom of the eighth, you get them, you go through the top of the ninth, you don't score. And then they score in the bottom of the ninth to win it on a walk-off base hit where there was uh two on one out. No. Yeah. Two on one out and a ground ball. That is a Taylor made double play straight to the shortstop is a base hit that nobody's standing five feet within because analytics say to and it's just i don't know well, yes yeah, it's, it's interesting because you got marvel and like i mean ross make a shot here and and I'm, I'm not sure that's unwarranted on some of the roles he's played i mean he, he didn't pick the he didn't pick the, the lineups what do you want excuse me he didn't pick his team but he did pick who he played when and he consider, you know, they consider they continue to try to Tucker Barnhart. But does he? This is the whole philosophy of saying this. Well, I, I don't know that, but he, exactly like I don't right, think, right now the last three outs of any any are horrible because he he continues to pile the guys down there that have WRC pluses of twenty three and thirty five. Yeah. But is that? But is he? Is he being told? Here's your script. This is what you're following. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't know how much whole, of it. The whole reason Ali Marmol got the job, which I had wrote down, I'll get to in a second. The whole reason Ali Marmol got the job is because he's a yes man. Yeah. Is David Ross the whole reason he got the job because he was a yes man and Joe Madden wasn't? Oh, it was possible. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was possible. <clears throat> mm -hmm. 
But mm-hmm. so to Keith's point, my list of firings that I think happen in this order. <laughs> uh, the first guy who will be fired when the Cardinals decide to make changes is third base coach Pop Warner for no other reason than, hey, we made a change. We're showing something. Uh, the second is the actual GM who actually does nothing for the team and Michael Gersh. Uh, the third is. I well, he's the Bennett grad. Oh, I yeah. I thought, uh, what's he's the name? GM. He's the GM. He just doesn't yeah. actually do the personnel. Yeah. But oh, we, okay. Whenever anybody talks about the Cardinals GM, we, we refer to Mosaic, but technically he's not the GM. He's the vice uh, president but, of baseball operations. Yeah. And yeah, it, it's kind of like the uh, White Sox. So Han <laughs> uh, is the GM, but Kenny Williams makes all the decisions. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Or, or Jerry makes the decision. To, or, uh, or a couple of years ago when Theo was there as the VP of baseball ops and Hoyer yeah. was the GM and it was like, yeah. well, Theo's really making all these moves. Let's be yeah, real. Theo's <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, uh, so Gersh is the second to go. Uh, Joe McEwing, the bench coach, because, well, this these weren't issues back when Skip Schumacher was here and, and Joe McEwing's the new guy, so he's gone. Then it becomes the hitting coach, Turner Ward. Then first base coach, Stubby Clapp. Then pitching coach, Dusty Blake. Uh, then just because they don't want to fire Marmol yet, they'll blame Willie McGee for some reason. And then Ali Marmol. So Marmol's probably eighth on their list. Uh, um, you know, you forgot the director of uh, concessions. Um, yeah. You know, <laughs> bullpen coach, uh, second hitting coach, video coach. Yeah, the video. I just didn't know their names off the top of my head. So, <laughs> yeah, it'd be like Moneyball when he, uh, he after he fires the uh, uh, the man or the coach or no one of the scouts, and then he goes in and he points at some guy. Was it a video? One of the video guys? Or you play? You play MLB the show? Yeah, <laughs> good. You're the new head of scouting. <laughs> uh, uh, but so there's two questions I have. <clears throat> one, why is Joe Madden? have a lot of thoughts right now on the St. Louis Cardinals on MLB all the time. Oh, does he? Oh my yeah. God. It's like I, daily. He's got these 10 minute takes of like how he would have handled this situation and how he would have handled that. Like, well, like you're some... interviewing for the job, but you're, exactly. you're not interviewing for the right? job, you know? And then two, <clears throat> will somebody already just spill the beans and tell me what the philosophical differences were between the front office and Mike Schilt, the guy who spent 28 years in the organization mm-hmm. in like... Get... His name comes up here every week, by the way. I know. Well, yeah, I know. But like... They keep, they keep bringing him up and God help us. I pray to God they don't do this. Go Girardi. Well, he's already yeah. in the building, so good luck. Oh, I yeah. they've been dying to make him the man. They wanted to make him the manager ahead of Manny, mm-hmm. but he was tied up at the time. Luckily for us, he was out screwing up some other organization. You know, Girardi is not in today's world with these young kids and stuff. Joe Girardi, you know the you know the. Um, the sergeant at, at the boot camp is not who you need on your bench. Or maybe it is. Maybe that's the point. Is like, yeah, nobody else listen to him at this point. At this, at this point, I think he just tuned him out. And he grew up in this he grew up in Peoria and played at Northwestern. Does not make him give him a right to be a cup manager just because. Right. His his day as a cup manager should have come twenty years ago. Yeah, yeah, we're we're past that. Yeah, <clears throat> but they had Luke Pinella at the time. 
But she was, it wasn't a bad choice in the night. I mean, better choice than Dusty Baker, but but Sheldon is his name is up here one at least once a week. Somebody's got an article on why he'd be the perfect fit. So we'll see. Yeah, it does make you wonder about the Cardinals, though. I mean, you know, because that so came out of nowhere. You know, it's like what? <laughs> Well, he Schultz made the comment. So he was manager of the year in 2019, and then he was two-time finalist the next two years as manager of the year. Yeah, he thought so he was what? going into the conversation about an extension, and he got told, "You're not coming back. <laughs> You're damn fault." <laughs> so, yeah, what, so what, what? Like, what was it? Hey, we 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 need to figure out something next to Nolan Arenado. This Paul DeYoung stuff is over. Yeah, or, yeah, hey, yeah. He might have. Yeah. I don't like Jeff Albert as a hitting coach. Get him the hell out of here. I want to bring in somebody that can yeah. get to, you know, whatever. I don't see everything through these numbers, analytical, you know, things like. Yeah, we know we, we need a true number one starter. You know, I mean, yeah. you know, maybe speaking the truth and uh, he was not a yes man. So, uh well, you have, you have one. The only problem is he's 40-something years old. <laughs> no, he's 38. I don't even think he's... St- no, I'm talking even... about Wainwright. Oh. oh. Wainwright's no, just right. here to get three more wins and push 200. And Yeah, I got to tell you, uh, you know, I, of course, appreciate what he's done for the Cardinals. And and even I, I appreciate when he when he's pitching now, you know, how how good he is. But it, it's kind of painful to watch. Uh you know, the beginning of the game the other day when uh, Texas, when he gave up seven yeah. hits, but he only gave up three runs somehow. And yeah. Went five. I mean, the first the first three innings, every ball they mm-hmm. hit, uh, the hits or and the outs, they just smoked. Uh, well, you know. see, that's where Kyle Hendricks is at right now, too. You know, he's got a win. He had another game he could have won. But when you look behind the game, you know, there was second, every time you looked up, there was second and third. Yeah, people were hitting line shots everywhere. That people were, you know, this happened to be at somebody or somebody made a great play. Yeah, uh, I, I think I don't think Hendricks has anything left. I I don't. Yeah, and that's the thing, you know, uh, and like with uh, Wainwright, even and he only gave up three runs when it was all said and done. But if I'm not mistaken, he also only went five innings. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, and even when he's pitching well, uh, I mean, I, I did have to go back and look. And Rick, you probably know off the top of your head, but you know, because uh, he's had some some good games, but more often than not, whether he's pitching good, bad, or indifferent, you know, he's done in five innings, and so you know, you're you're taxing your bullpen, um, you know, every time he goes out. Yeah. Yeah. Most bullpens aren't very deep. <laughs> well, I mean, I think realistically, the issue is not like that. What Wainwright is doing as a starter the guy's 42 years old, like he should be your fifth starter. It's the fact that the organization has said, Hey, we're paying him 17 and a half million dollars. It didn't say, Hey, we're paying 17 and a half million dollars because three years ago when he won 18 games, he only, he only made $8 million. So we're just, we're even in that out. No, they're still going out there being like, Oh, you know, Wainwright can be a solid number two or three guy in the It's like, no, 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 no. no. Just say he's a number five. He's your number five. He's a veteran (laughs) presence. Let it go, you know, like, mm-hmm. but no, it's they want to push this 
Yeah, don't push this yeah. narrative. Yeah, that he's your number two, number three uh, uh, starter. Well, and that actually indicts you. I mean, you know, yeah. saying that's like, well, whether you're serious or joking. Talent or you're yeah. just trying to be nice to the guy. Yeah, I mean, if you're trying to be nice, okay, wonderful, but. Um, he doesn't see the fact that needs somebody to be nice to yeah. Right, exactly. I mean, he 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 would totally. He sees everything through Cardinal rose-colored glasses, no matter yeah. what. Like every, he's on a lot of places doing weekly hits, mainly for like a uh, a spot to promote its big league impact, which is like his non-for-profit charity that he operates where they do. Uh, I think it's like November and December of every year they go down to some third-world country or some country in the. Caribbean and like built houses and clean mm-hmm. water and all this stuff. And they have a fantasy football draft. So he goes on and talks just BS, but it's sponsored by that. And he's always, you know, like, Oh, we're going to get a turn this today. He was on and he was, Oh, we are frustrated. And, and you can only talk about it so long and we got to start putting it out there and shut up and play or, or just, it is what it is. So like even him <clears throat> is getting to that point of like, we got to figure this out or we just need to stop talking about it. But, but yeah, like he's a fifth, he's a fifth starter. Yeah. Yeah. And he knows that, you know, it's like, like you said, I mean, he, yeah. I mean, there's, you don't need to do any sugarcoating and, and and like I said, I mean, if the car, if if the management is sugarcoating because they they don't, don't want to hurt his feelings or are concerned about the perception of by the fans, uh, you know, that that's wrong. Uh, or if they really truly believe that he's a number two or number three starter, then yeah, then we got then we got bigger issues. <laughs> I mean, let's be real. If the Cardinals somehow figure it out and make a wild card, because the only way they win is winning the division, which means they're a three seed winning the wild card, playing in the wild card round. Yeah, he's starting one of game one, two, or three. He's not coming out of the bullpen. He's starting a playoff game because right. he's Adam Wainwright, and like there's a running joke in St. Louis. That there's only two guys in in the major in the Cardinals organization that, if they parked their car out in center field on a game day, the organization would just say just play around the car instead of having them go move the car, and that's Mike Shannon and Yadier Molina. Well, Rainwright seems to be like getting that, like mm-hmm. that's not status. from him. Yeah. It was more that you just didn't want to talk with those guys about doing something that they're probably not supposed to do. Just look the other way; it's easier. Mm-hmm. With Wayne, mm-hmm. it's like they just want to hand him the stuff. Like, like they're almost handing him like these things of like, like yes, he's been great, but like it's like they're handing him this title of like, oh, you're as good as Dizzy Dean or Bob Gibson. Yeah, and it's like, oh yeah, that's a strike. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, like, and, and, yeah. and it's not like I don't think they mean to do it as in like they actually think he's that good, but like I think they might think he's that impactful toward towards the organization as those guys, which he might be fan wise, fanfare, love on all that. But, but at the same time, it's all also about winning baseball games and producing like. Exactly. Yeah. They're they're so trying to force feed the uh, uh, Wainwright narrative here. And uh, uh, you know, and, and, and quite frankly, uh, you know, all baseball does too. Cause whenever, uh, uh, whenever there's the Cardinals are on a national game uh, and he's not pitching, who do they put the uh, uh, who do they interview in the dugout? It's Adam Wainwright, and it's oh, the same just, same that's stuff he's every getting time. Ready, he's getting ready for. Yeah. Oh, he'll be in the booth somewhere. That, um, I mean, he's probably going to be Sunday. I. He's got to be. ESPN's got to give him a call and say, "We need you in our Sunday night booth." Sunday yeah. night baseball is yours. Yeah, yeah, and he, and he'll be good. He he's good at that. 
Um, but you know, uh, his time now as uh, you know with Cardinals, uh, you know, they they probably should have just said after last year that you know, eh, thanks. Why don't you go out on a high note? They wanted two hundred. They want to be able to the pageantry of two hundred. Like yeah. if he would have got two hundred last year, I think he retires. Plain yeah. and simple. But just like the well, whole three twenty five that they, I mean, that's the reason they Yachty and Wainwright. Yachty would start like two days a week and every made sure it was Wainwright mm-hmm. starting every single day last year. Well, I just hope they don't uh, hold on to him for three hundred. <clears throat> no, I don't know if his I don't know if his body can put up with three hundred. <laughs> um, one other note that I wanted to talk about, and then we can kind of talk about just random baseball stuff pertaining to St. Louis or Chicago. Did anybody see the podcast Joe Buck was on last? Thursday, I think, or something, mm-hmm. where they asked him about if he ever will have the itch to call MLB again. And he said, yeah, that itch, I'm sure, will come back around, and I will do it again at some point in my life. So my thought process is, my question to you is, where where is the easiest fit for Joe Buck to come back and call baseball? Well, I have to be St. Louis. <laughs> okay, so you went where I went. A lot of these people are saying, well, just hand them the Sunday night baseball job. Mm-hmm. Does Monday night football, Sunday night baseball, blah, 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 that's all he does, blah, blah, blah. And I'm sitting there thinking, like, is it not? Is the only place that he can end his career not in the Mike Shannon KMOX booth calling Cardinals games on the radio like his dad did? Like, right. Well, it wouldn't, it wouldn't fit uh, any place else in any other franchise. It just wouldn't. I mean, unless somebody and he was just interested in like all the money in the world. Um, you know, maybe the Saudis uh, will pay him to announce. Um, <laughs> no, I, so my thinking was you guys, I was thinking you guys would say because he's at ESPN. Well, yeah, probably Sunday night baseball is probably the easy one for him. But in my first thought was like, do whatever you want football wise, hit 60 and then say, all right, Cardinals, John Rooney's retiring. I'll, I'll come hang up my come, yeah finish come, out my career yeah but five ten years calling cardinals games in the mike shannon booth who if you watch listen to his book on tape or read his book he credits yes he had a hall of fame dad as an announcer but he credits mike shannon a lot more for teaching him about the way to operate as a professional broadcaster than his dad. His dad, he's like, I just got to go on road trips with my dad and have a blast. Mike Shannon's the one who I learned from. Mainly because that's interesting. Yeah. A little close, mm-hmm. little closer in age, and it wasn't dad. Yeah. And I think Mike liked to have some libations <laughs> with him after the games <laughs> or or during. Even though Joe refutes that, he's like, I have never once seen Mike Shannon drink a beer during the games. He was just goofy. It's like okay, Joe. We'll have to cover it up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> cover it up. Okay. <laughs> um, but so, anything else that you guys got, um, on the top of your head before I bring up the one other topic I had? Well, the only other thing that's going on, and we'll see if they find a trade partner for him. Is you know, Nick Madrigal's down in the minors, hitting three eighty or whatever the hell it is, and. Uh, and everything, and you know, but he—he he strikes me as he's unfortunately he's a wonderful four and eight player. He is when he gets to the majors, he's not a four eight player anymore. You know, and and now contrary to before, I used to think 
And I don't know why. I didn't look into enough. Then he was a really good second baseman. Well, it turns out he really was a very average second baseman. And now he's a he's a player without a position. You know, because they're playing him at third where he's really you're not gonna take over at third anywhere where you hit three or four home runs a year. You know, and is he makes the average play, but so I don't know what they're gonna do with him because there's there's nowhere for him here. I mean, Horner and Swanson are gonna play 150 games each. I mean, so Madrigal doesn't have a spot. So I don't I don't know what they <laughs> If they can find somebody willing to take the former number one or whatever, I don't know. So I don't know how he's viewed outside of Chicago. But well, I think he makes a, he makes a small enough amount of money that I'm sure. Uh, yeah, he's, some, he's not going to break the bank on anybody. Somebody would be willing to take the flyer on him, as you know. Because he can play third, he can play a little short, and he can play second. So take a flyer as a yeah. Short's really a stretch. You have to be in an emergency. Well, but I'm saying that one day type of thing to give a guy. Yeah, yeah one day. Yeah, sure. yeah, I'm not saying as a. I'm talking about somebody takes a flyer on him to be a guy off the bench for him or a sub type. You know, a bench role type of guy, a platoon guy. Um. So, the other topic, in the last three seasons, this pitcher has only threw 186.2 innings, 32 games started, but his ERA is 2.3, his FIP is 1.6, his WHIP is 0.65, ERA plus of 199, 293 Ks, and 23 strike or 23 walks. Yeah, who is Jacob DeGrom? Five years, $185 million for Tommy John. Wow. Like, I mean, numbers-wise, like, 293 strikeouts is a low year for him, and it's been his last three years. Um, 32 starts is a low year for any starter in the majors that goes a whole year, and that's his last three years. And the Rangers... Still are forty and twenty somehow, and have the fourth, fourth best pitching staff in the league. And Degrom's made like six starts. And imagine where they'd be if they would have gotten what they thought they were getting. Oh my gosh, they'd be oh. better than the Rays, probably. Yeah. Do you think there's stuff, something going on? It already happened once in Texas. Do you think there's something going on in that ballpark? Because they have six guys that are having career years. Um, the stat came up today while I was watching the game when he came up to bat before we started. Uh, Jankowski, their platoon outfielder, um, he has, I think it's Travis Jankowski, he has six extra base hits this year. Um. Seven, sorry, seven extra base hits this year. Seven, no, seven doubles and a triple. So eight extra base hits this year. He had a total of nine extra base hits the last uh, four seasons. Yeah. 
I think there's shady stuff going on in uh, in Texas. Maybe not trash can banging level stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just it's it's we like they have virtually the exact same lineup this year as last year, and they had seven sixty eight wins or something like that last year. And their one pitching signing, well, I guess they got Henley too, but or Henny too, but uh, their one big pitching signing, Degrom, hasn't really done anything this year, and they have they're twenty games above five hundred. Just doesn't make a lot of sense. Well, it gives gives me hope as a Cardinal fan. That's what some people are. They're trying to like correlate the. Contreras situation to like Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon here. Like it takes a while to adjust and sometimes it takes a whole year because you're then putting so much pressure on yourself and then year two is a lot easier, but. Well, you know, speaking of Contreras, I mean, that's another thing that, uh, you know, does make you wonder about the Cardinals. It's like, wait a minute, that whole thing that happened a couple of weeks ago. uh, It's like, why on earth did they do that? Uh, I mean, self-inflicted wound and, uh, you know, thrown, thrown him under the bus. And then, so then a week later, oh, okay, now never mind. Uh, you can oh, go I've learned enough in a week by standing next to Dusty Blake, who yeah. has done nothing in the majors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay. Now we've, I don't know, they have meetings and now you've learned your lesson and okay, now you're back. Well, and then yeah. they, they put a C on Andrew Kisner's warm-up jersey. So he's Captain Kisner. When when he was the at that point or now? Like last week. Oh geez. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You sure it's just not no, no, like no, it means cardinals. No. no. Oh, excellent. So <laughs> is that their way <laughs> of appeasing him? You know, okay, now we, we change our minds. You're not gonna be the regular catcher for more than a few days, but you can be the captain. Uh, I think I mean, they said it's because he comes every day ready to work and like he prepares every day oh, like he's a starter, blah blah blah. <laughs> oh my god, what it, that just uh, that uh, you know gives me goosebumps. Um, you know, <laughs> wow, you mean he he actually comes to any any works that his yeah. job in today's yeah. world, I guess that's something, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> wow. I mean, I, I don't know. The Cardinals just uh, we have avoided being dysfunctional for a long, long time, and this year just has dysfunction written all over it. Yeah, I mean, the Contreras thing is it, it had me, you know, confused to begin with. You got what five years, six years? Look at him. Uh, yeah, how many times oh. a year? You know exactly when you're. You, out. Yeah, exactly. It's it's not I mean, like oh, no, it was. It was the pitching staff was off to a rough start. What's the difference? Oh, he's now here. Now let's. So then the pitchers, the pitchers went in and said, "Oh, it's Contreras." Well, so they're like, "Okay, that's fine. We'll we'll throw him under the bus for whatever reason. We'll throw him." Mm -hmm. The easiest thing they could have said was opening day. He took a hundred and four mile per hour fastball from Jordan Hicks off the knee. Could have just said, "He's still dealing with that, and his knee's kind of flaring up from time to time." So we're just going to use them as a DH for a week or two, make the pitchers happy. You get to throw to Kisner and see if your numbers yeah. truly improve. And we can mm-hmm. say like, 
you know, whatever. Yeah. yeah come up with something. Yeah. Like if you're going to, if you're going to do that or where I thought you were going with this is uh, when the pitchers come in there to, to whine and complain, you know, Hey, you know, he took a 104 mile an hour fastball off his knee. Uh, the, the guy's tougher than, than you guys are. Quit your whining. Get back in the uh, stop hanging uh, sliders with two strikes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Nobody's, nobody's going to play harder game in, game out. Yeah. On your entire team that controls. That's exactly. He, you know? like, the best way was that uh, when somebody said he plays like his hair is on fire. You know, I mean, that's that's Wilson. I mean, it's sometimes it'll, it'll cost you a little bit, and sometimes it's going to win you a game. And stuff, but he's. Because what's he hitting like two fifteen now or whatever? Uh, I think it's dropped. It was yeah, it's probably in, dropping because he 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 had uh, in the game was thirteen and he's zero for two tonight. Well, the the whole team is. I mean, I shouldn't. Oh, say the whole whole well, yeah, the whole, the whole both teams. Wilson doesn't. Wilson plays good when you stroke him. Madden, you know, knew how to get the most out of Wilson Contreras. Which may which may work out for you guys, you know. But you figure Contreras was a rookie when they when the Cubs won, and you know this was a rookie. He sent out there a couple of times. You go tell Harold uh, Chapman, no, no, you, you're not going to throw the fastball. Here's what you're going to throw. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's this whole rookie out there talking to his, his big behemoth. Was just a maniac, you know, and stuff like that. Yeah, and he did what he was. He did what he was told to do. And yeah, I mean, I'll take that. I'll take his approach. Uh, and uh, you, you know, you, you you tell these other guys, hey, friggin' grow up. And uh, like you said, Rick, stop hanging. Uh, you know, O two sliders. And and hey, if if you don't like the pitch that he's uh, called, then you know, uh, pick another one. You know, shake him yeah. off. Shake him exactly. Yeah, I mean, um, I, mean, I would have lived with Contreras for another five years, but I, I like having on Gomes. I must admit, Gomes is a better catcher than I thought he was, and he's having a good year hitting. But Tucker Barnhart, really? Thank God they brought Amaya back up, and they're carrying three catchers. You know, Meyer's hitting over 300. You know, this is the guy they've been waiting for for four years. He you know, unfortunately got injured three years in a row, and so that. And you know he's a good kid and stuff, but I I could have lived with Contreras. He wasn't hurting me, especially with the DH on the team. And he also didn't kill you when he does play first base. He doesn't kill you. Mm-hmm. He's not a natural first baseman, but he, yeah, he's a athlete. Where he can well, the Cardinals play. have Cardinals have yeah. Contreras is a DH or he's a catcher for them. They have Alec Burleson, who's played first base his entire. He was a first baseman slash pitcher in college and then first baseman coming up until triple a last year. And they're like, Hey, we have Paul Goldschmidt go play left field. Um, and then you have gold glove utility guy, Brennan Donovan, who some of the plays he makes at first, like if he played every day, he might win a gold glove just at first base. He just doesn't have the thump of a bat to play, to be a first baseman. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. So uh, Contreras is struggling, but both teams right now are struggling. The, it, we are through uh, two outs in the bottom of the seventh. It's a zero-zero game, and there have been five hits total on the in the game tonight. Mm-hmm. Jack Flaherty had eight strikeouts, and John Gray, um, if he doesn't, if he goes back out, has nine. So there's been seventeen strikeouts in this game, also. So it's been a riveting, riveting baseball game. 
But yeah, I think Contreras is just putting a lot of pressure on himself. I think. Oh, he will. He'll he. You know. He'll try and carry the team. With and there are times, like for a week period of time, he can carry the team. He'll mm-hmm. he'll hit five or six home runs. He'll be ringing doubles off the wall. He'll be throwing people out. And so he gets those manic bursts where he you know he can carry the team. Yeah, he's. I mean, again, I don't know what. I think, again, I think it's hilarious. Some of these, like I said earlier about national writers, these national writers who are like, oh, all these Cardinals people thought he was going to be just as good as Molina. It's like, nobody ever said that. I never once heard somebody in St. Louis say, hey, he's going to be just as good as Yadier Molina defensively. It's like, no, he's replacing Molina as in like, the, He's the, the new catcher. No, the well, emotional, the like, yeah. But it's like he's replacing him as, like, the emotional leader in that clubhouse. Like, because Goldsmith and Arenado aren't exactly these fiery, emotional guys. Right. Molina was – that. that's who he was. And it's what Contreras is. Like, nobody was sitting there being like, oh, he's going to be just as good as Molina was defensively and a better hitter. It's like, no. But I do think, to an extent, the uh, – Signing of Wilson Contreras was because they panicked after the price of Sean Murphy went William Contreras, and they're like, "Oh, okay, we yeah, we're not, we're not giving you two guys off our major league roster to get this catcher." So, I don't know, um, but uh, anything else you guys got before we get into our power rankings, real quick? No, no, Did you see that the thing? I, the reason I said the thing is maybe you do it sometime in a, you know, before the baseball season's over or whatever. I, I think it was the athletic that was reading it in. And it was a good article on people were doing their um, monument. Uh, it was the, you know, the four best players in the team. And then, I think we did uh, that, Dave. Dave, I think we, the reason I didn't answer is I think we did that way back, like one of our first episodes. Did we do it? Yeah, I think we did a Mount Rushmore of all the sports. And I kept thinking we need if we do it again, there needs to be some different rules. I mean, you you can't, you know, like for me, Cap Anson's not gonna be on my on my Mount Rushmore for the Cubs. I mean, yes, statistically he would be, but I never No, yeah. No, I think we did I think that's exactly I think we did you had to have seen the person to be on your Mount Rushmore. When you bring it up now, you might be right. I think we did that. I think we did. I think we did all of I think we did all of sports and then also specifically our teams. That's that, that's yeah. I think we did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think I I think we actually did it in two different episodes. I think I broke it up into two yeah. episodes. I think we did like all of MLB and then all of our teams and then all of the NHL and our teams and all of the NFL and our team. You know, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I think it struck me only because of the fact that I didn't agree with their Cubs one, so it was one of those okay. You know, type thing, and um, yeah, all right. But we will move on to our power rankings. Um, sorry, so you're fine. <laughs> I've kind of looked at what you kind of sent last year, Keith, and uh, off of what you were sending earlier this year, you don't deviate too much from the uh, winning percentage order. So I kind of just 
you, it's another winning percentage order that goes in. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I kind of use that as a barometer and then, um, yeah, like, well, like Mix you match, one chart, yeah. uh, run, run differential and, uh, that's what uh, I've been using a lot more this year is the run differential. Is yeah. And then also, uh, you know, last 10 streaks, you know, uh, when I, to try to choose between two or three teams, uh, yeah. But for what it's worth, so I would have uh, Tampa first and uh, the Cardinals third from the bottom. So there you go. I have a fourth from the bottom. I no, okay. The, I do have the fourth from the bottom. Um, kind of surprised at what our what our order what our things spit out this week. A little bit, I should say. Number ten, the Minnesota Twins still there. Don't know how they're still there. The numbers really yeah, that there. makes no sense whatsoever. Oh, it's the it's the the fact that their pitching staff is so good. It, uh, not, that'll rear its ugly head here in a little bit when we get when we get a little higher up on this list. Um, so Minnesota's number 10. They actually dropped from number 8. Toronto is number 9. They moved up from number 10. Uh, Arizona went up one also from 9 to 8. Uh, then we get into Baltimore. Baltimore dropped from 6 to 7. The Yankees went from seven to six. The Astros stayed the same at five. The Dodgers dropped to four. Uh, they were three. The Braves went from four to three. And our number one is the Texas Rangers. Even though we all technically have the Tampa Bay Rays, as the highest when you add in the analytical stuff with how good the Rangers are with uh, run differential as they've gone off and now they're leading at plus 155. Um, and their pitching numbers and hitting numbers being the best offense in the, in the game and uh, the fourth best pitching in the game and then 11th best def- defense in the game. Those numbers uh, popped them this week up above the Tampa Bay Rays for the first time all year. And realistically, it might actually be possible since they're the only two teams in the 40-win club. And they play this coming weekend. That's going to be a series. Oh, that'll be interesting. Any, Any other? I know the Twins, we brought them up last week. Any other shockers? Or any other teams that you would like to talk about on this list? I still think it's amazing how Arizona, how well Arizona's. Uh, yeah, they're technically first in the division right now. Yeah. They are. Which, uh, yeah, that just doesn't look right. <laughs> no, no, it does not. No. Especially it, with, yeah. Well, and how far out San Diego is. Yeah. That's, that's what I'd like to see, I guess. And I'm sure somebody's got it out there. I'd like to see a ranking side by side. That, you know, this is what we have here. And then a ranking top to bottom payroll for this year right now. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of huge payroll teams missing off here. Yeah. Um, and, and in the case of San Diego, missing for a real good reason. Because but it's not very good. Uh, I mean, Baltimore's got to be a lower payroll team. 
The Rays obviously are, would be a lower a lower payroll team. But I mean, you know, really, you got the Dodgers and the Yankees on here. After that, I think you go always be you know the rest of the maybe you know the rest of the top eight or ten might not be in this time. Um. So they usually do that. Like they usually come up, come up with something at the end of the year. There's a couple different places that will usually have like price they spent for each win, aka. There's. Yeah, I, guess like, I guess I'd like to see that right around the time the All Star break's coming up, and there's you know buyers or sellers at that point. You know, yeah, I mean, I'm sure they'll they'll be. Probably something along those lines somewhere. That's that, that's something like athletic or baseball reference kind of does a whole lot. And Alec Bertelson just hit a home run. Oh my God, the Cardinals are leading one nothing. Yeah, but they're going to bring in Gallegos to uh, uh, choke up the lead or choke up. Uh, Everybody, up the... that's why the softball hitters in the lineup playing left field. Yeah. Well, because he can occasionally run into one. But to the to the point also, he did win the batting title last year at AAA. And he only struck up 14 times so far this year. So it's not like he's uh, – he just doesn't have a position. Yeah. Which is kind of getting into uh, – I guess there's one team, one team I want to talk about before we hang before we hang up tonight. Just because Matt is not here, um, <laughs> so Lucas Giolito just had probably the best tryout he could have ever had for the New York Yankees yesterday. Six innings, no hit ball. I mean, is there another better way to to do it? Now when your run average is you know. Where it is very near stuff like that, and they have complete command against a team that's already shown interest. You know, well, you know they're going to go get a starter, and they're going to probably yeah. get one from your team. Mm-hmm. Do you want it to be Dylan Cease or do you want it to be you? I I, I think well, there's one of the bigger disappointments this year. Cease, very seems... still, still a good pitcher, no question, but not. Yeah, not to Degrom, not to you know, we had them all placed in that you know unbelievable you know ranking type area, and not him. I mean, it's and he hadn't been him when he was with the Cubs or his first number of years with the Sox. I mean, first year with the, he, the Sox, they didn't pick him, they didn't put him on the playoff roster. I mean, it was kind of strange, but. He almost looks like he's pitching like a guy who knows they're not going to pay me here anyway, so whatever. Well, there's another rebuild coming. On top of the rebuild, they're already in year five. Of. Not even mm-hmm. that. I'm just saying, like, he just saw it happen with Giolito. Well, he won't. they won't pay him, no. They, they That's won't. what I'm saying. So he's probably just like, get me out of here. Trade me wherever. You know, whatever. Well, they, traded, they traded Chris Sale at the top of his value. So, I mean, don't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, that's what they, they're going to have to do. They're going to have to – Giolito will be gone. Well, I, I mean, I, I could – they'll probably trade five pitchers 
by the deadline. Well, it was weird because I was looking the other day. It's, when I was looking at different stuff was playing around, I saw that I, I was going through the clubs, like the top 10 of all time. You know, hitters, pitchers, really pitchers. Just to see what names popped up over there. For the White Sox, Chris Sale is in their top 10 pitchers in about five different categories. And he's been gone from there for how long? Well, no, but that also shows how we, yeah, the history was before he was there. I agree. But how like who was, who was at the top of most of those lists? Mark Burley? Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, you were back into in the 60s, basically Joel Horland and Gary Peters and Juan Pizarro. It's just like, holy crap. That's when I was a kid. Yeah. But when they were all pitching and no hitting and no nothing. The Google sacks. It's uh before the uh, softball shorts. Yeah, oh, <laughs> <laughs> it was fun seeing somebody like Dick Allen have to put those on. Huh? I don't know, Dave. I wasn't around. Oh yeah, what do you got? <laughs> you are lucky, my friend. <laughs> yeah, you, you, missed, you really missed nothing. Dave. Yeah, unfortunately, there are. There's probably well, not probably there's a photo and video uh, documentation of that. So. There is can. a 30-second clip. You don't, have to, you don't yeah. have to watch it for a whole game. Yeah, or a whole season. Yeah. Did they really wear those all season, or was it just occasional games? Well, no, no, I think a lot of the games. A lot of games, but uh, I don't. Th- I I don't think they're wearing them in April. But um, <clears throat> was it, it wasn't. It wasn't just like a a, a third alternative jersey type thing. Though. It was a lot. Oh more- yeah, it was a thing. Yeah. But yeah, I can see. It. I mean, there's a little piece of me. I, I mean, I keep hoping that it comes to Jill. You know, that's one of the guys that I would target. Not seats, we've had seats, but I would want to do it. You know, but I think um, it, that's why for sellers again, that all goes into crapper. And, you know, my interest in the, in the rest of the season after that gets. Uh, I'll be watching the, the Tennessee Smokies and. Uh, in the Iowa Cubs more than be watching a big league team. I mean, yeah, I think I don't think there's any way that I don't I don't think there's any way the Cubs aren't sellers. And I don't think there's any way the Cardinals shouldn't be, but I know they're not going to because that's just not the way they operate. They're going to say, well, everybody's under control for next year anyway. So we're well, just already said they're not going to be. So, I mean, you, you no, well, he said, he said that, you know, we don't see ourselves right now. But then he came out yesterday and was like, no, we're not playing well. We, you know, things have changed since the last time I talked to you guys. We'll have to see where we're at closer to, closer to the deadline. If we need to go outside for help, we're in real trouble, is what Mosaic actually said. Kind of admitting. I I kind of screwed this one up. See, for for me, the thing that would be screwed up for me was if we go to if we sell Strowman and Bellinger, let's say for is the two biggest examples. You've now taken another year to two years on the back end of the rebuild, as far as I'm concerned. And I think that's just that's that's just not acceptable at this point. Because what are you going to go eat? So you're going to get some more seventeen-year-old prospects. That's great. Some of the, the ones that we started with, the, the ones for you, Divers, are just coming around now. 
You know, it's just how many four years later. I mean, they're 21 years old. They're not 17 anymore. You know, but it's, I, I don't want any more 17-year-olds at this point. No. Mm -hmm. It does nothing for the window for, basically, you're, you're telling Hap and Swanson and uh, Horner yeah, that, you know, the next rebuild is going to be after that. Yeah, yeah, or you need to hang around another four or five years. For us well, yeah, then I mean, then what was the point of signing those guys? Like that's what yeah. that, there, is, there was no point. That that is that's what I never got. A, well, that, well, here's what the point was: you put butts and seats. That's that's, that's like that's, that's what I never happened. really, never really understood about like the actual Dansby. Like looking at it, the actual Dansby Swanson signing this off season for them. Like Dansby Swanson is a guy that like. He's a five warriors here already. Yeah. But I mean, like he's a guy that you get as like the final piece to put you over right. the top. Not like well, I don't know if he's the final piece. He's the I think you're but I'm saying like I'm saying like you have this whole roster and like you could be a world series contender if you move Horner to second and get Dansby Swanson. Like that, like not you know, it's just it well, didn't make sense to spend that money for he'll be in this prime. So I mean I, I don't I don't disagree with him because of the age. And the, the reason that he was a better sign for them than the other guys is the other guys were all 30 or 31 already. That made that would have made no sense. Swanson was 27. So you've got that window two, three years from now. But if you sell again this year, it isn't it, it two or three doesn't work anymore. No, Swanson Swanson's gonna be 30 this year. He played college ball. You think he'll be 30 this year? I thought he yeah. Uh, let me look it up. He is so so he just okay turns 30 in February. So he turned he's 94 birthday, so he turned 29 this year. That's what I thought. So I mean that that window is still there, but you're pushing it now. You can't push it. You gotta go do something. I mean, the whole Bellinger thing, that didn't bother me because your number one prospect in the Myers is a center fielder. Yeah, and you're just taking a one-year flyer on him. Yeah, and yeah, and if you can get something back for him at that point, great. But you know what? If he works out, put him at first base. Yeah, I have no, I have no problem with you know signing him to a, a decent deal and putting him at first base. So then, what do you do with Mervis? Well, and, and Mervis at that point, you know what? He's he's got to he's got to start the rest of this year. I mean, he had a nice at bat yesterday. Against the lefty, rings where you know, Anderson, where he hung that slider and hit a double. Yeah, well, you know, he, he, he was missing those sliders before. No, but I'm just saying, is that the at bat you're talking about, right? Yes. Because it was, you know, it was 110 plus off the bat. So, I mean, he's he's got a bat all the time, otherwise, we're not going to know. And stuff like that. I mean, it's, you, you can't just, you know, they gave up so many bats to Hosmer early in the year. I, those made no sense. Now, there were like three or four players on this team that have got 300, three or 400 events between them all that were just, they made no sense towards the rebuild. Absolutely none. So, whether that's the front office or whether that's Ross. Well, that, so, what some of those signings were, though, were well, hoping they. Just a roster. I mean, well, that, but hoping a guy has a decent year and they can flip him at the deadline for another, you know. Yeah, they were rolling. They were somewhere rolling. Hope nice. chance type of prospect. No, Ty Adams is the biggest disappointment out of the signings. 
I mean, I, that was supposed to be your, your three guy. And he, that's another one that I just didn't understand because, like, his numbers last year weren't great. He just had a lot of wins because he played for the New York Yankees. But even if he had 10 wins this year, he's – he ain't getting the ten. No, he may not get the but five. that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. Is like, <laughs> like, yes, he wasn't a seven ERA like he is now, but his ERA was like four or five. He just had fifteen wins because the Yankees out hit everybody. Right. They would take, you know what I mean? They would, they would take that picture right now. That's the problem. But you don't have the offense to win those games. Is my is what I'm saying. Like, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like, well, but the pictures they go beyond that. What kind of contracts were they signing? Well. Texas found a bunch of them for. I mean, somebody. I mean, the Cubs weren't going to get into paying somebody a pitcher coming in forty million for a year or thirty-five million for a year when you're not there yet. I mean, so that. No, I know that's what. That's what I'm saying. Is they got all these. They got all these arms. I. The point though to it is, it's like I don't understand why you signed Jameson Tyon to three years. Because you could you couldn't get anybody for two. Well. Then go try young guys and see if you if they. But our, you know our what I mean. best young guys are nineteen and twenty years old. That's that's no. But I'm just saying. I'm saying any, any other guy that you can maybe strike lightning with a bottle with, like lightning in a bottle with, like whoever, or just get these guys, get younger guys more. I mean, you'll see experience for this year. Uh, they got two or three guys in the mind, but the oldest guy in the three is twenty years old. I mean, that's. That that's a problem. You know, at this point, they're they're two years away, year and a half. But now they're at least going to make they're going to bring Brown up and some other people, and put them in the bullpen. So at least they get some work and, and some things like that for this year. Not make them starters this year. Let them throw out in the bullpen. Stretch them out next year to be starters. You know that's that worked with Steele, and hopefully it works with a, a couple more of them. And Anzalay's having a pretty good finally. In, you know, someone injury for a year. You know, so I mean, some of the my, the pitchers are starting to work out. They were just we didn't draft pitchers for years. You know, and then when you start bringing them in, you got you know, everyone in the like I said, all your top prospects in the minors pitching wise are 19, 20, 18. That they, they do no good right now, zero. You know, and then you look at Brennan Davis who will flame you see appears to have flamed out. That was a that was a supposedly a five tool guy and, and all that kind of stuff. He's having a horrible year. He he hurt that back last year. Those back injuries just don't seem to sometimes work out. So yeah, I think they can move a couple prospects and hopefully get you know some players back. But I don't I don't know I I. Very nervous about what they're going to do, but I would be all for bringing in Shilda being a, a somewhat of a buyer, not a, a lunatic buyer, but you know, not a seller. You know, with the exception of you got the right offer for Bellinger, I'd be I'd be willing to look at, but we're looking at that you have his guy who's on target for next year, so. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, got to stop losing one run game. So, way, 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 way too many. You figure both the Cubs, both the Cubs and the Cardinals are right now. They're both around what minus two and zero or whatever the hell they are. But they've been up until recently. They've been plus thirty, plus forty. 
Cardinals are four and six, four and sixteen in one run games right now this year. Who's and they won, the Cardinals are. And the Cardinals have won their last two games of two last three games they've won have been. Our record, two, our record can't be much four. better. We have lost eight out of nine at one stretch, so we got to be right with it. And you, you, you can't win those. And every one of them, you get you point to the bullpen and go. <laughs> Oh, ours was in bullpen. Like we lost a one-run game because we didn't know how to run the bases the other night. Plain and simple. Bullpen and doom. So, all right, that'll wrap this one up. We will end it here. We will chat next week. We'll talk some more NBA. We'll talk uh, a little bit NFL, probably. Um, and we will talk. So we'll Cup. be a week before the hockey draft, right? Uh, yes. Uh, no, no, no longer than a week the week drafts the 28th so you got about two and two and a half weeks so but yeah we will uh wrap this one up and call it a night so have a good one guys hey guys take care Thank you for listening to the Sports Divided Podcast. Don't forget to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram with the handle at Sports Divided. And we'll see you next week.